first of all, happy belated birthday. Oh, thanks, Rob. <laughs> How was it? Um, you know, any anything interesting? <laughs> um, not totally. I mean, nothing like crazy. Um, I my highlights were that my partner made me lasagna, which is may not seem like oh. that big of a deal, but we almost never eat um pasta because it's like yeah we've just gotten the habit of avoiding it because it's very high carb um but i sounds like something you do (laughs) thanks (laughs) yeah whatever um but i i love lasagna and so she made me lasagna and and a carrot cake but it was like a keto carrot cake Ooh. um which was which was very very good I have to say, but there was no like real sugar and there's like coconut sugar and like mm. it was all like mostly <clears throat> paleo but not it had a lot of dairy in it. But anyway, doesn't keto cake kind of defeat the point if you just had pasta? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but I think she, uh, well, I don't know. I think she was intending to make uh, a zucchini lasagna first, um. Um, but then I think once she was at the store, she was like. Fuck it, <laughs> because yeah. it was just like the people. I mean, it was a not a fun time to be at the store, and it was just way yeah. easier to like grab the stuff that you need to make lasagna than all the workarounds. So, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was really happy she did that. And then um, a friend of mine who lives nearby dropped off some chocolate cake that she baked. Oh, cool! And some focaccia. So he had the focaccia with the lasagna. It was very Ooh. yummy. Um. That sounds pretty nice. Yeah, so that was my birthday, pretty much. I mean, that's we didn't really do. We went to the beach in the morning, like we. Oh, or did we? Did it rain a lot that day? I don't know. We go to the beach most mornings before people are there. Too many people are there. Yeah. And then. Um, yeah, then it's, it's cool that you have a beach you can walk on. Yeah, yeah. It's only like a fifteen-minute walk away. So nice. We're about you know. 10 minute walk to the water we're pretty close but for us the waterfront is you know it's like um sidewalk there's a pier that you can walk out onto um but other than that it's just like boulders yeah um where the water meets the where the east river hits brooklyn there's no beach there you got to go way down south like 45 minutes to coney island and all that um no one wants to go to Coney Island anyway, so. Yeah, I've heard that a lot, but having never been to Coney Island, I don't really understand why. Can you explain to me why? I mean, I've been a few times. It's, you know, it's worth checking out. They got a little boardwalk and stuff, but it's just, it just seems kind of trashy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both both the people and <laughs> the beach. <laughs> Is it like Atlantic uh, City-ish or like... You know, I've never been to Atlantic City, either, but whenever but... <laughs> I whenever I hear that, I think like, yeah, that's probably like Coney Island. Oh, got it. Yeah, if you want like a nicer beach, you got to go a little bit further out on Long Island, or yeah, you got to do else. like uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and go to Montauk. Right, right. Yeah. Take the train to the end of the. I've line. always wanted to do that just because of that movie. Me too, yeah. and I still haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> Next time I'm in New York, we should just do that. Like, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. We'll just get off the train, take some pictures, get back right. on we'll the be like, oh, this kind of sucks, actually. Um, yeah, a little gift shop, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I feel like uh, for special events uh, in these challenging and unpredictable times, um, <laughs> is uh, it's like food. Yeah. I, You know, we had our uh, third anniversary, Mary and I. Oh, and happy anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that was last. No, it was a couple weeks ago. But basically, to celebrate that, all the stores are closed, so I didn't really buy anything, and neither did she. But I made dinner. I got some fresh shrimp from this seafood market down the street from us, and it's like the you know like the big shrimp, like restaurant shrimp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and uh, genetically and modified pasta. for maximum size. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was pretty good. And then I made some brownies from a box. Didn't really try too hard for that. <laughs> um, and we picked up salads from this restaurant that we like down the street. And 
the chef snuck in a slice of a huge slice of chocolate cake underneath the salads. So like we're pulling out the salad and then it's like, Oh, happy anniversary. Cause we go there a lot. So that's really nice. He's friendly with us. What restaurant is that? It's called La Fond. Fond. Okay. I don't know if we went when you visited, uh, used, we used to go every Sunday for brunch and they had this super good scrambled egg with broccoli and he kind of like, dices up the broccoli so it just mixes in mm-hmm. not quite puree but it's a good consistency mixed in with the eggs yeah. and yeah yeah do you still live right across the street from fornino's yeah, yeah right that's right i was yeah they're closed down though so oh really they're not doing can't even do takeout oh man now they're fully shut down i'm surprised hmm. yeah i know I don't, they said, they said out of concern, they were open for takeout for a Mm -hmm. while, but then it said out of concern for the health of their staff, which makes me think is like code for someone got sick on their staff. And so they're like, all right, we have to shut the whole thing down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because other places in terms of food are open for takeout or delivery. Um, We don't go too crazy like we used to with the takeout food. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have a couple of like f- favorite restaurants that we sort of know and trust. And like that one that I went to, you can see the, the kitchen area behind the counter when you're paying mm-hmm. and there's no sous chefs or any kitchen help. It's just the chef and the, o- the owner by himself doing everything. Dang. And yeah. he's, you know, constantly like washing up and stuff. So I'm like, okay, it's one person. He seems to be, you know, taking precautions. So I trust this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, what yeah, else? I mean, what I think like about? with the takeout stuff, it's like, yeah, it feels like, well, these people are working when everyone else is, you know, not, and they're like risking. But at the same time, like you, you don't want those businesses to collapse. So like you also want to support them. It's like kind of a. Yeah. What do you do? You know, kind of a. Yeah. I mean, that's basically why we go to our favorites because we want to make sure that at least our favorite restaurants are okay. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like La Fond, they also have half off wine. And so I usually get a bottle of wine and with the dinner and all that, I spend like maybe a hundred bucks there. Um, And that, that includes like a $20 tip. I I tip like crazy now. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So do we. It's like any service is like, oh my, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And, um, Usually, if I'm picking up food, I I don't tip at all because there's no table service. Right. Yeah. I don't right. Know, people might have differing opinions about that, but I'll tip at a restaurant if I'm eating there. But if I'm taking out, usually I just pay for the food and I yeah, leave. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, lately I've been giving twenty percent, even if it's just takeout, because I figure it'll help them out. Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of like hazard pay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I was talking to him, um, the the chef, and he was saying like, yeah, they're doing okay. He had to lay off all of his staff, so it's just him. And he's basically just doing this to try and pay rent. He talked to the landlord, and the landlord is doing half-off rent. Um, oh, that's nice. Which is pretty nice. Um, yeah, they want to keep him around. And um, But he said, yeah, all of this is super hard because in the news they talked about the stimulus, right? And everyone got their trump bucks <laughs> in their direct deposit but in terms of businesses he hasn't seen anything yeah and it, it's like a it's like a loan application he's like sending the paperwork as soon as he could but he's still waiting to hear back from that and so it's been you know a month month and a half um that he doesn't have any assistance but he said that you know as soon as he gets that loan which also kind of includes some requirements of like not laying off people. He wants to rehire his staff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's pretty obvious. It's not like he wanted to lay anybody off, but as soon as the government comes in with a stimulus, then he'll rehire all those people, which is nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I certainly hope that, um, all these places, oh, no, they're not all going to get to stay open. It's not going to work out that nicely, but as many as possible. Because that's like, when we talk about returning to normal, it's like, well, if those things aren't there, it won't really be normal, you know? So really yeah. hope it, uh really hope it works out for a lot of them. But Yeah. On the bright side, maybe New York real estate will be a little bit cheaper. Yeah, right. <laughs> after all this. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. you know, hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I was listening to something on, I don't know if it was, uh, I think it was like a Radio Lab episode about all the, like, mm-hmm. well, what's going to happen now? Like, people can't pay rent, and then the people who own the buildings can't pay their mortgages on the property. And then, right. uh, like, they're, like he, they walked through, like, the whole chain, that it goes, like, all the right. way to the banks. The bank defaults or something, right. and then what are they going to repossess? And Right. And then, like, the actually, the people who own the loan... Like, it's not really the bank. It's, like, the bank is more of, like, a pass-through for, like... It's, like, people are actually trading it on the stock market. Like, or trading it, like... Uh, hmm. Like, you can... Like, in your IR... In your um, 401k, for instance, there's probably a lot of, like, small interests in, like, different properties. I've heard about yeah. that. You can... And then there's, like, an app or something where you can invest, like... You can own, like, half a percent of a skyscraper yeah, yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have the money to invest. So, it, yeah, I guess it's not just one bank. It's probably lots of, it scatters out. Yeah, right. The bank gives the loan, but it's, like, actually propped up by a lot of small investors. Hmm. Or a lot of, like, 401ks, they said. That's probably a lot of that stuff. But anyway, I just thought it was interesting. It's like, well, where does the buck stop? So what's going to happen? And then, yeah, who do, yeah, who needs to have the assistance so that everyone else can say, okay, it's all right, you know? Um, yeah, because like you could say like, all right, well, we're gonna pause rent, which is I know in Brooklyn they had some sort of protests about that, mm-hmm. which I think is a little st- stupid. <laughs> um, if you can't pay rent, then obviously you well you don't have any money to pay it. You you don't have a choice. Right. But it, I got the impression that there were people like me who still have a job are s- choosing not to pay rent out of I don't know what. Um, yeah. But if they. You know, okay, let's say that that was made legal. We're like, okay, rent is now optional. <laughs> then what does the landlord do? Right, like, right. So that's what I mean. Yeah. It is. Have, I don't. There hasn't seemed to be a lot of discussion about it. It hasn't been in the news too much about like how will yeah. it, how would it work for for people who can't pay rent? Because also, the, you know, the landlord also shouldn't pay the consequences. It's not like landlords are all just a bunch of rich people. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I mean, no one really has out of all the people there's no sympathy for landlords <laughs> right but, um, but you know a lot of landlords yeah. are just good people and some of them are just like people like you or me who made a real estate investment like oh yeah i bought this place and then i moved to another place but i just kept yeah. renting out that other place and i care right. about my tenants and everything but if they don't pay rent i'm going to default on that place and no one you know the bank's going to own it <laughs> so yeah that's true they're not all like skyscrapers and luxury condos they could just be right. you know multi-story kind of townhouses yeah and that's you know that's my plan actually is if we get to a point where we can afford an apartment then i think we'll buy like a one or two bedroom apartment in brooklyn mm-hmm. um because we plan on staying here for the long term and then maybe after that uh we could afford something that's like a two or three story building or obviously with a mortgage mm-hmm. uh could af- afford to open a mortgage on that and then what we would do is probably live in one of the floors and then just rent out the other ones to help right pay the mortgage and then if it ever got to the point where we paid off our mortgage then we would just quit renewing the leases and take over the whole place ourselves (laughs) but um yeah there's probably people like that so um yeah i don't know i mean even like regardless of the character of the people it's just like if you just stop paying your rent, it's not really going to help the situation because once the landlord mm-hmm. defaults on it, then you you're, you're going to get kicked up out. the whole building. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that doesn't seem. This is the problem. I think we we get so in politics, especially think it's us versus them. Well, us versus them, but also like everything is so short sighted. It's all about like what you know, like getting the short term gain and. No one's thinking yeah. about like these processes is like, well, they're all links in a chain, but the chain has to stay together. So like we need to think about every link. It's just like, oh, we got to help these people because, you know, we'll get this X, you know, X or Y benefit from, in you know, political terms from doing that. Right. But not thinking about like, well, yeah, but it's a whole ecosystem. It's a whole chain. Like when you affect one thing, it affects something else that affects something else. So, Yeah. Like the whole healthcare argument, um, you know, I, as you know, a 
bleeding heart Democrat would feel like, oh, well, yeah, people deserve to have insurance or deserve to have health care, um, even if they can't afford the insurance. But, uh, you know, people on the other side of the argument, you could also make the sort of, you could reframe the story and say, well, look, you're, you're constantly worried about the high costs of government and you want smaller government and you're worried about, you know, people mooching on the system and whatnot. Mm-hmm. If you gave people uh, the health care free, basically, um, paid for it, you would still, you'd be losing less money than you would right now, where you have people without insurance walking yes. into the ER. You gotta, they have to operate on them. They, they can't turn them away. Then, you know, they can't pay. And so it gets paid like kind of like our rent discussion. Someone has to pay for this health care, and it ends up going back to the taxpayer. Um, so it's kind of like the taxpayer is, or the government is going to pay for the bill one way or another. But if we went the more responsible route and you know allowed them to encourage them to go in for regular health checkups and mm-hmm. you know all this kind of stuff to preserve their health, then we would have fewer of those super high bills. It's not like one is charity and and one is profit. It's, you know, we're we're both going to be hit with a bill either way. So figure out how to make the bill smaller. And that irritates me. Well, right. And also just like if there if hospitals didn't get to just bill insurance companies, the exorbitant amount of money, exorbitant amounts of money that they do for procedures, like because there was a single payer system, then like. It, all the healthcare costs would go down significantly, but you know, yeah. someone I read an article before all this coronavirus stuff started. Some lady got a strep throat test, you know, and it was like they accidentally sent her the bill. Her insurance was supposed to cover it all, but they accidentally sent her the bill, and it was like twenty seven thousand dollars or something Jesus. for getting a strep throat test, and because like the doctors. Okay, not all doctors are bad, obviously, and a lot of doctors right now are heroes. But there are like doctors who <laughs> under in normal circumstances are like they create their own like out of network places. We might have talked about this on the podcast before, I can't remember, but they create Maybe. like their own like out of network testing facilities so that like when they mm-hmm. get a patient like through their like that's in network, they send it to this out of network thing that they also own so they can charge a whole lot of money for doing these tests and stuff like that. But that's the mm. but the the testing place is always at the discretion of the doctor, so like yeah they're I mean basically just screwing people. Oh yeah, it's like huh. It was really depressing to read. I was like oh, good yeah. And there's also you know when you go to a hospital, there's so many more costs involved. Yep. And I've I, I remember I ranted about my hospital bill, uh, probably a year ago or something where. What was the grand total was like eight no yeah eight eight or ten thousand something like that jeez i I went in for because uh, I had some sort of heart palpitation and hmm. the cardiologist wanted to do three tests ironically this cardiologist who you you think of you know like neurologists and cardiologists as like the richest doctors mm-hmm. his bill was like four or five hundred bucks oh wow <laughs> the other thousands and thousands of dollars were the tests that i did one was like a echocardiogram where they do like the sonogram of your heart mm-hmm. and then one they put me on a treadmill and electroded me up so i did a stress test and um what was the third one? Oh, the third one was they gave me this um overnight uh ecg thing to wear um but anyway in the bill they threw on another $4,000 for radiology, which never happened. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, I, I, argue, I refused to pay, and they would send me delinquent notices, and I would write an SL letter, be like, hi there, um, I'm ready to pay as soon as you correct the bill. And they'd send me another delinquent notice, mm-hmm. failure to pay. And then finally, it escalated like months later to like this thing with like a, a legal letterhead, like from the law offices of whatever, yeah. representing this hospital, you know, um, basi- basically like threatening legal action on this. Uh-huh. And, and it had a phone number. So I just called the lawyer and I told him the same story. Yeah. And uh, he's like, and you can confirm that? And I was like, yeah, I called the cardiologist just before I called you. He said he never asked for that test. And it never happened. 
He's like, okay, I'll get back to you. <laughs> and then months later, he never got back to me. <laughs> so I guess they just dropped the whole thing. They probably like the whole bill? got enough money. Yeah, the whole bill. So they never sent anything. me. A, they never sent me the adjusted bill, so I didn't pay anything exactly. <laughs> have uh, you my, checked your credit my out of pocket <laughs> would have been like four hundred. <laughs> yeah, no, I was worried it would show up on that, but oh, it didn't. Okay, that's good. But um, oh, but anyway, the point I was making about the hospitals is that um, it's you know it's this whole business unit, and they gotta charge all this overhead for the equipment mm-hmm. and the personnel to operate the equipment and some of that obviously is justified but they got to make a profit and uh so that's where they really hike it up uh, another i guess more blatant example i remember is when i was seeing a, a therapist maybe five or six years ago um i had insurance which covered all but like 30 bucks mm-hmm. so i paid her 30 bucks each time and uh when i was first getting it set up with her um she was saying how she just bills like the maximum that the insurance will, she's like, my rate is normally like whatever. And, uh, like four, three, 300 an hour or whatever, but your insurance only gives me, you know, 200. So I just take it. She made it sound like it was a hardship Uh (laughs) of of like, of like, well, I'll just take what they can give me. Um, but if you look at it the other way, it's like any doctor could just submit an astronomical number in order to, receive whatever the max payout from that insurance right. provider is yeah i, th- I think yeah. that's what they do for everything and that's yeah exactly uh yeah i you know some of the, something else that would help if they're not willing to get rid of the whole like health insurance system and just have single payer would be to publish the prices for everything it's like oh a yeah. knee replacement or whatever costs x at our hospital yeah but no they definitely don't want to do that because then they yeah, could get into exactly. a price war with other hospitals or have to admit some of the exorbitant prices that they charge insurance, you know? I know. Again, to like play against the typical Republican uh, philosophy, um, you know, where's your desire for the free market in healthcare? Where's your desire for open competition? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you complain about uh, Amazon, you know, antitrust and not paying taxes and all that i guess hospitals pay taxes but like why why don't they have to publish the price of their all of their treatments and whatnot and yeah you know maybe they have different prices from hospital to hospital but that's fine that's competition right and yeah that's I mean, a free market system. Boo-hoo. Yeah, right <laughs> exactly why why do we have to have that for everything except for uh medical care there was, there was a pretty good thing on the New York Times website. It was a video uh, showing like the life cycle of the bill, uh, hospital bills, and how many layers of other departments, these like black boxes <laughs> that it goes into, and they're not allowed to disclose the cost or the price or any of that stuff. Dang. It's crazy. It's all so messed up. I hope some things yeah. change after we get out of our coronavirus world yeah but i'm i'm like a mixture between hopeful and jaded um yeah (laughs) i you know i see stuff of like prepare for you know a great brainwashing or whatever where there will be a huge campaign on everyone's part to return back to normal like go go out to the bar and support your business and i mean nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. but i I don't know what it would be but basically just like go back to your typical like consumerist life right as before and um while uh activists are trying to kind of pounce on this as an opportunity to uh i don't know look at the environment differently yeah look at our choices like do we really need to all be in office buildings to hold a job or can maybe 30% 30% go to an office building and use all that electricity. And most of us, you know, stay at home and live a little bit more harmonious lives with our family. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I watched uh, my partner show me this really funny video. I wish I could remember the comedian's name. It's a female comedian. And I think her last name is like Nolke or something. And she has this, like mm. she's having a conversation with herself from like three months ago uh, about what's going on. And the person from three months ago is like, man, can you believe these wildfires? Like, I think that's going to be like the story of 2020, you know? And then she just like laughs. laughs. The other one, like, 
Oh yeah, I remember those wild fires. Right, yeah. And it, it was just really funny to um to kind of reflect on all the things that have yeah, kind of changed and become like like yeah, you might want to invest in Zoom. Oh, whoa. Who are you? I'm Julie from 4 months in the future. Actually? Are, are you here to tell me what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean because of the the butterfly effect, I can only really give you um some loose details, but we'll go through the basics, yeah. Okay, cool. So, do you want the good news or the b- bad news? Oh, um, good, good news? Yeah, oh, yeah. great choice. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, so, things have never been better for climate change. No, that's great. Dolphins in the Venice canals. Really? I know. I know. Well, it's, I, I, I mean, I saw it on Facebook. I don't know if it's a real thing. My aunt posted it, but it seems pretty legit. Oh, okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's incredible. You know, especially given the Australian wildfires. The what? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, those are pretty, like, I think those are going to be the defining feature of 2020. Yeah, you'd think. Oh, no? Not even a little bit. Did you decide on a computer? I published our previous episode you did. just now. <laughs> I don't know if you if you saw what I published it as. Let me uh, let me get the the episode right. A boring technical episode. <laughs> Feel free to skip this one. <laughs> You're really just, selling it, Rob. I'm just like here it is, but honestly, unless you're like in the market for buying a new Apple computer, you could probably skip that. <laughs> Rob, our advertisers aren't going to stand for that kind of, uh, I know <laughs> that kind of, uh, promotion. They're not going to say, what are you doing to us? <laughs> so did that, did that give you any, well, I mean, we could talk about something else, but I was curious uh, from that last talk, did it give you any ideas or did you do any further comparison and decision-making about your future computer? Um, only the, I made the decision to delay my decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, if that makes save sense. Save up a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> save a little bit more. Just kind of see what happens in the next few months. I mean, now it seems really appealing to have a, a computer at home because I'm at home. Um, yeah. And I, I still stand by my reasons for wanting to have a, a desktop for now. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like that drive enough to like hit the button when it comes to like <laughs> signing away yeah. like two grand or twenty four hundred dollars, you know, or something. So yeah, so don't know it's yet. True. It's a huge purchase, and uh, I, you know, like once a year, I get kind of like this influx of cash from because my my salary is a mixture of paychecks and stock option. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like when the stock option comes through, I guess technically I could be responsible, put it in a savings account and spread it out throughout the whole year. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're, if you're a school teacher and you don't get paid over the summer, you're supposed to like yeah. spread, spread that out. But, um, usually, yeah, I use that for big purchases. Um, so I didn't, wasn't too worried about it. It was more like, Oh my God, I've got, this uh, influx of cash. What uh, thing have I been dying to buy that I couldn't afford in the past? And so, that was a new iMac. Yeah, and I love it. I need to get that RAM, like I talked about last time. Yeah. I won't go into it again, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to upgrade the RAM a little bit. Um, but even with the default eight gigabyte RAM, uh, I don't notice anything slowing it down. It's just amazing. Oh, that's awesome booted up windows on it so i got age of empires yeah uh yeah after talking (laughs) about that with you i was like man i need to play this and now that i have a computer that can handle it um it's great i played one online match and got creamed so i think i need to go through the story mode again and (laughs) (laughs) yeah remember how to play (laughs) yeah it's been a few years yeah i found i always got creamed on online stuff I just yeah, think there's, they rush you. I just yeah, there's that, but there's also just people that are like way more into playing it, I think, than I am, and so I always just know like it's kind of with any online game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I find most online playing frustrating unless it's cooperative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love co-op games, and I love co-op um, multiplayer, and 
that's why I was so excited to get Nintendo because as much as I love PlayStation and it's got some cool online stuff, um, and some of it is co-op, like the division, you mm-hmm. can run around with up to four people and that's cool. Um, trying to think, uh, Overcooked, it's really fun. Hmm. But um, anyway, most of the great co-op stuff is Nintendo. And I guess, you know, they're thinking it's meant for families, so you're going to have people who want to play together. Um, you can compete, but yeah, most of the co-op titles are on Nintendo. So that's why I ended up getting the Nintendo. But uh, but anyway, where was I going with that? Hmm. Oh, my, my favorite thing about Age of Empires, I think I said this last time, was taking the time to build up a really cool like castle right. and gates and and all that cool You're more stuff the city, in city planning. planning yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i just want like the sims like i wish there was a an online mode where it's like look dude there's no hurry you don't have to like come and attack me right now let's just let's take 10 minutes just both of us and a 10 minute truce and we just build up the shit out of our little fortress and our army and then you know like the british we all line up and we take turns shooting at each other <laughs> <laughs> but don't but don't sack the, the the city just leave the city <laughs> yeah don't kill all my villagers come on yeah. There's, we need we need like some nato like crimes against humanity <laughs> geneva kind of convention thing. yeah geneva conventions that's what we need yeah. in age of empires <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of the game civilization i have um i've i've looked at it i've looked at videos of it but i haven't bought it because um it's very like turn-based mm-hmm. and i prefer more the real time yeah the live action kind of feel yeah i didn't know if it would drive you less crazy to, to have it be more focused on the thriving of the civilization versus just the war aspect mm. you know? but well i don't know maybe or like have you played a, I've, i mean i haven't played like sim city since it was i mean the first sim city yeah <laughs> uh like very 2d and Jared do roller coaster tycoon or zoo tycoon? Um, only again when they were in their first iterations a long, yeah, yeah, long yeah. time ago. Me too. Yeah, um, but now I think Frontier, actually the company that makes Elite Dangerous, they make some of those. Um, I think they make roller coaster oh. tycoon and um, zoo tycoon, and they do a lot of like I'll simulation games. So, um, but I think I wonder what the graphics are like now, you know, and like what it's you know what the detail level is because. Even mm-hmm. back then, I was like, "Oh man, this is a lot to keep track of." <laughs> All this like, <laughs> well, yeah. I was, uh, I've been playing this game pretty casually, not not that much. Um, called um, Cities Skylines, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's like a more modern. I say modern. It came out in like two thousand nine, maybe. Um, but it's it's been a really cool city simulator, and it's pretty much what I wanted out of a Sim City. You got you know the taxes, the electricity, the water, and the mass transit stuff you can plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was looking up Frontier, and oh, they've got Planet Zoo, Planet Coaster. Oh yeah, pl- okay. What, what is Jurassic World? It's like mm. a you build a Jurassic <sighs> Park. Is it Sim City but Jurassic Park? Yeah. Oh my god, that's kind of cool. Ooh, how much are these games? Are they on Steam? I, yeah, I'm sure they're on Steam. <laughs> I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna get into PC gaming now <laughs> with my brand new Mac. <laughs> yeah, but you got to get, of course, Elite Dangerous. Want to see how much Rob. they are? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, Rob. <laughs> it's the one-to-one space simulation that has a one-to-one representation of the entire Milky Way. Come on, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. There's 400 billion star systems in the game. <laughs> Only like half of 1% of the yeah. map has been discovered in like five or six wow. years. Wow. <laughs> well, so, I mean, it's really cool. And I think you've convinced me, but I'm delaying it because I'm really sucked into Animal Crossing. And <laughs> that's my, yeah. my management okay. game. And then Age of Empires, I just bought. But, you know, that's fun for, like, quick one-offs. And uh, so if I were to get something like Elite Dangerous where I'm just going to spend hours in it, then um, I need to clear my plate of these other games. Or have, you know, a couple of friends who really want to play it with me, then maybe I'd prioritize it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Yeah. But, yeah, I want to get, like, a joystick and uh, get that game. Maybe uh, try out the new Flight Simulator when that comes out. Although I was a little, 
I mean, I can't really do anything about it, but I was a little bummed that I saw this the estimated requirements for Flight Simulator. My brand new, like, souped-up iMac meets the standard requirements. It's not even <laughs> at, like, high graphics. Oh, wow. You have to build, you have to be, like, a pro gamer with, you know, a super expensive graphics card to get the full graphics on that. Dang, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I hear people... Um, the stuff I watch about elite talk about the graphics and like some of them have like, you know, $2,500 graphics cards. It's like insane. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do that. Anyway, <sighs> I'm going to send you the link of the, uh, the HOTAS that is recommended for elite. Um, okay. Which a HOTAS is a hands-on throttle and stick. So it's, that's what that stands for. Uh-huh. Okay. People are learning something from this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I had to learn that too. I was like, "What the hell's a hotas?" And then, yeah. Um, but um, let's see here. Um, but would it also work for other oh, games? Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's just the reason it's uh so like elite people use it so much. It's only for PC, so I can't use it. But um, mm-hmm. is that it looks like the 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 stick and um, oh. throttle that are in the game. So like if you were like playing in VR or if like you can just like see down the hands of your pilot when you're in the game uh-huh. and this, it looks like the ones that you would That's have. Pretty cool. Yeah. Full immersion. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Especially if you're in, um, if you're playing it in VR, which you should definitely check out maybe possibly in the future. Yeah. Um, you, it would feel like what you saw in VR, like, you know huh. what I mean? That's cool. It is shaped the same way and all that. So, um, they're, uh, man, these poor guys on their website, their buy now button doesn't do anything. <laughs> oh, on the, oh, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. may just want to find it somewhere I'll, else. I'll look it up later. Yeah, I was just anyway. curious how much it cost. Uh, you know, is it 40 bucks, 100 bucks? I think it's somewhere around 100 bucks. It might be as much as 150. Okay. But of course, you can all get right. cheaper ones. The one I got was like yeah, 70 I'm... bucks, I think. So, okay. Let's say I'm more interested in like the 50 range, but yeah, that's hard to find. If they don't have anything like that, then yeah, okay, seven would be fine. Um, the other things that are really recommended for the game: voice attack, which is what's that? You can voice control your ship. Wow. Which might not be good for you because you have to be quiet a lot, but you could, you know, like yeah, <laughs> um, you could like adjust your like if your power distribution is going to your like weapons or shields, just like in Star Trek, you know, like. You know, like uh-huh. full computer, yeah, full shields, you know, full front shields. You know, whatever they say. Oh my god, yeah, that's yeah, so you nerdy. You can say that, and it would actually do it, <laughs> which is really oh, that's nerdy. So cool, though. But really cool, yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh. <laughs> or like engaging the like warp drive. You could like do have all that to oh voice command. Yeah. Engage. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you can like set what the voice command is or if they're all stock, but but yeah, somebody yeah. made that. And there's like loads of like iPad apps so that you have interfaces that you can touch yourself that control the interfaces oh. in the game that look like the interfaces in the game. It's like a pretty deep immersion. Uh, that is cool. That's uh, good attention to detail. And speaking of iPads, I just realized with the um, mm-hmm. the new computer, there had been a few um, Mac OS features that I couldn't use on the old iMac. And now that I have this new one, I can, for example, do sidecar where it shows up on the iPad. I don't really have a need for it. I feel like my screen is big enough, Mm -hmm. but it is pretty cool that that works. And um, games might be too processor intensive to do sidecar at the same time, but that could be kind of cool if you had games that worked with sidecar It'd have to be a Mac, obviously. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Once you boot into Windows, then you lose all those cool things. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That was kind of neat. And and apparently I can, I haven't set it up yet, but you can sign into the computer with your Apple Watch. You just kind of like wave your watch oh. over it or whatever. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. What if somebody stole your watch? Well, <laughs> I mean, then... Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite a biometric <laughs> scan, is it? Does it is there biometrics no. on well, you the have, Mac? When you first put it on, you have to uh, type in the password oh, okay. on your watch. And then it unlocks. And it remains unlocked as long as it's touching your skin. Once yeah. you take it off, it turns on the lock again. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. But with the Mac, yeah, there's no biometrics on the Mac. So um, on the laptops, they do have a little thumbprint scanner. Mm-hmm. But with the iMac, there's nothing. 
And so this is kind of a neat little substitute. If you have the watch, you can use that to log in. Yeah. Or do payments. You know, if you're buying something online, uh, it'll it'll show up on your watch, and you just double click the watch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's nice. That's neat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think we mentioned last episode we might talk a little Star Trek today. Yeah. Did you happen to watch more of that? I no? finished season one of Discovery, and okay. some of the little specials. The specials were kind of meh, whatever. But um, I didn't watch any of the specials. The season one. Um, it was just so different than I expected. Like I've never seen a Star Trek, um, plot. I don't know what to call it. Star Trek, uh, series that was like as dark mm. as this one was. It was yeah. like kind of like a lot of horror stuff in it. Um, it was also really um, one. It was really main character focused. Yeah. Uh, like they did a, a decent job with the side characters, and you get. You get more in the second season, mm-hmm. but um, compared to the other like crew focused shows, like The Next Generation with Picard, mm-hmm. you know, Picard is really famous, but then, you know, everyone knows Worf and right. Data and, Riker. you know, Commander Riker mm-hmm. and Indiana and all these people. It's like, it feels pretty well balanced. Like they all have a pretty key role to play on those missions mm-hmm. and, each episode, maybe something different happens to a different person. And in Discovery, it's pretty much about Burnham. Right. And then other people kind of come and go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I didn't, once I got used to that, I didn't really mind it. And I don't remember too much what happens in the first season, but I do know. It's all the Klingon I didn't like war. the first season. The Klingon war was the, the whole backdrop. Okay. So, yeah. and it was, I mean... You know, I, I, I think... And all this takes place before, just so people yeah. know if that you haven't seen it or anything. It's um, it's obviously, you know, a brand new show, so everything looks shiny and modern. But uh, chronologically, the story is happening before the original TV show um, with... Uh, Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk and all yep. them and, and before Spock. The, and, yeah. I guess before that, you know, because before that show was the movie, the J.J. Abrams movies were technically before that show, right? Yeah, yeah. So, because he's a young Kirk. Um, so it's even yep. before those. Um, right. Kirk so isn't it's around before yet. Enterprise. It's, the, sh- the, the ship is called Discovery. That's why the show is called Discovery. Mm-hmm. So this would be um, when, when uh, Captain Pike was uh, was in charge of the enterprise even though the yeah. enterprise isn't the focus of the show yeah right yeah so um yeah it's kind of neat i didn't realize that until i looked it up later <laughs> i just kind of was going with it. oh yeah <laughs> um i didn't think about the timeline and all that stuff too much um i i did think it was either in the distant future or distant past because you know normally klingons are like rough allies mm-hmm. um but uh, but yeah. Anyway, I I didn't really like that first season. Just didn't grab me. But the second season, I absolutely loved. We've we've seen the first episode so far, and um, I can say it seems already vastly improved in a lot of ways. Um, just the feel of it is a lot better. I'm wondering if there were. You know, I was noticing this while I watched the first season. Sometimes when the episodes would start, they would say that they, it was Netflix, and then sometimes when they started, it would say CBS really? All Access, and Depends who you pirate it from, I guess. (laughs) I guess. But I didn't know if, like, (laughs) maybe different directors... I didn't really pay enough attention to the credits, but maybe different directors were working on different episodes. Um, Because I thought sometimes I liked them better than others. (laughs) Uh, And some of them were silly. There was, like, a couple silly episodes, which I didn't care for. Yeah, Star Trek always does that. There's, like, a a silly one. Um, Interesting you mentioned Netflix, though. I'm just looking it up because I thought... The whole deal was like this is one of the very few shows CBS holds on to mm-hmm. that they force people to pay for all access. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know anyone who wants to pay for CBS, but um, so it seems weird that it would go to Netflix. Yeah, I'm trying to see here. Uh, no, it doesn't say anything about Netflix taking it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. But uh, but yeah, I, it's it's it definitely. I think it's an underrated show, 
but you know to be fair it was kind of it did get a shitty start yeah <laughs> more or less mm-hmm. and people were really upset at the different take on the klingons because visually they have different makeup yeah. and all this stuff mm-hmm. so um people were like oh it doesn't look realistic and i'm like you realize you're talking about star trek <laughs> right. right yeah yeah realistic is not <laughs> but, there's yeah, a really funny bobcat goldthwaite joke about that do you know bobcat goldthwaite the comedian no oh he's a really strange sounding comedian um who kind of like plays on that novelty but he was said he was at a <laughs> it was at like a when they did the remastered star wars uh the original mm-hmm. you know star wars movies and there was like the scene with jabba the hut and it was the new like remastered computer generated thing and there were like somebody oh, yeah. like in the audience like was like fake you know like it's fake and then it's like you realize that none of this is real right <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just and the, he also yeah. had some choice words that that made it a lot funnier but uh yeah people get a little bit um people get a little too protective i think sometimes yeah, of, right. the, of the stuff but um i mean i don't know it just when they make movies a long time ago, this is true for like the star star Wars and star Trek. Like, do you really want the ships now to look like they looked in the seventies or was yeah, right? so lame? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Like the, inter- the giant, like walls of blinking lights that represent like the supercomputer that runs the ship. Right. Yeah. And nowadays we have, you know, touchscreen iPhones. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, just when you see like the, the profile like outside profile view of the like the enterprise from like this this our first show you're like that looks ridiculous <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. so but and now it looks way different so how do you you know reconcile that yeah and, i don't know makeup has also gotten better although i don't know if i particularly liked the the klingon whole thing either but i think that's just because the klingons are very unlikable <laughs> like yeah you know yeah. in the in the show so well, I'm. We could talk about it more when you finish it. Yeah, I'm sure. Mostly excited to hear what you think of the kind of cliffhanger at the end. So okay. it won't spoil anything. Yeah, but don't. the the second season uh, was great, and I think that the ending was particularly good. Um, and they're gonna do a season three sometime soon. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, watching this, I was never that into Star Trek before. Um, I mean, I liked like the JJ Abrams movies. That was probably my point of entry mm-hmm. as opposed to, okay. I mean, I can remember watching an episode or two when I was young of the next generation. Like it comes on TV. Yeah. yeah. Cause next generation was on TV when I was little. Um, yeah. but, um, I never was really into it. Like I was way more into star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but now Same. I kind of want to go back and like, Oh, I, now it makes me want to go watch like the originals, but then also like watch all of the next generation and even watch like deep space nine. And I think there's like Voyager. Yeah, yeah. Is that another one? Voyager. Yeah. Voyager is my second favorite. Really? I hear a lot of people talk yeah. a lot of shit about Voyager. <laughs> really? Yeah. I loved it. I don't really know why. My, my second favorite after next generation. I love captain Janeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool story arcs happen in there. Uh, Deep Space Nine, I was not such a big fan of. They try a different story structure. So instead of traveling and stopping off at different places, like all Star Trek does, Mm -hmm. Deep Space Nine takes place in this space station and it's kind of like, oh, what shady guest has shown up this time? Or what's happening, you know, going on in the station or an anomaly nearby? But um, there's no traveling. So it felt pretty different and it just didn't grab me. Mm might revisit it sometime but yeah like you i grew up seeing next generation with picard on tv and you know i guess maybe sometime after dinner or whatever it was on my parents watched it Mm -hmm. um so i kind of vaguely remember remembered it and then some point through college maybe um when i was just downloading tons of like tv shows and stuff i got all of uh oh stargate also (laughs) Mm and uh star trek and so i watched all 10 seasons i think it's 10 of next generation and then after that i went on to voyager and then i kind of quit when i got to deep space nine Mm -hmm. so it was deep space Um, nine after voyager uh i don't remember it might be before yeah i seem to remember deep space nine coming after the next generation or something yeah but 
in terms of like timeline, I think Voyager is out of everything because they, um, they, the plot is some wormhole kind of thing. Oh, I see. Uh, Voyager ends up in like the Delta quadrant of the galaxy. And although they have warp drive, um, you can't go from side edge to edge of the galaxy. It would take mm-hmm. lifetimes to do that right. still. So all of the Star Trek that we know with Enterprise is just happening within pretty much one quadrant of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And um, Voyager basically is stranded. They're way, way on the opposite side of the Milky Way or whatever galaxy they're in mm-hmm. <laughs> with Earth. And um, they're, the whole show is them trying to get back home. They're, you know, aiming the ship full speed ahead at Earth, and so they're traveling kind of regular warp speed, mm-hmm. but then they're also trying to research wormholes, and they come across some crazy aliens that might be able to help them, and mm. um, they come across the Borg. That's where the Borg come from. Oh. And stuff like okay, that. Okay, well, that's interesting. Get a little Borg so, backstory. Yeah, that's the origin of uh, the Borg, and um, that character, Seven of Nine. Mm-hmm who, you know, kind of like returned to human form. So, yeah, it's it's cool. I don't, you know, it's funny. I never really remember growing up hearing that there's like this rivalry between Star Wars and Star Trek fans. Mm-hmm. And I never really got it because it's like, if you like sci-fi, wouldn't you just want to consume all the sci-fi stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. why would you care? <laughs> yeah, I, I get that yeah. too. I, I mean, I don't, I guess because they, they those were just the two most famous you know, yeah, like better or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think of them as very different, especially since one is TV, one is movie. Yeah, um, they have Star Trek movies, but I think mostly Star Trek is like a episodic. Like mm-hmm. here's our daily adventure, and Star Wars is totally different. Right. But yeah, I kind of like those old style. They're formulaic, but it's fun to just have like the daily adventure mm-hmm. stuff, and uh, I really liked that in Stargate. So I loved the Stargate movies, but then the TV show went on for like 10 years and <laughs> I, I binged all of that. That was pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. See, I don't know if I could handle another sci-fi world. Like I feel like because yeah. Star Trek and Star Wars are so vast, like the worlds are, the amount of lore there is, it's like really hard to keep track of it all. And then like to think about adding like a Babylon 5 or Stargate or something else is <laughs> like, yeah. Oh man, I don't know if I could like get used to a new set of rules <laughs> for how everything works, you know. That's true. And then yeah. I also have Elite Dangerous, like this whole another whole another world. Um, yeah, but anyway, it'd be kind of cool if they they probably have done this and it failed, but <laughs> I like the idea of a hybrid TV show and a video game. Like, mm. imagine if this would have to be like a Disney product or something. You have to have a lot of investment money. But imagine you have a well-written, like, well-shot, full-quality TV series, and each of the episodes kind of represent a uh, cinematic uh, introduction to, like, a special event happening in the game. So Mm. everyone, you know, would, like, sit down and watch the show as soon as it comes out, like we did when Game of Thrones or whatever popular show was on, and then it's done and you quickly you sign into the game and you go online and you see you know maybe there's like new items or new quests that have become available Mm -hmm. based on that show and uh that seems like such a fun way to like get into the into the game yeah and also maybe you can attract some non-gamers to get into your universe yeah that seems like something they could totally do with elite too because it's like that there's a thing going on the whole time in the game called the bgs the background simulation and like uh-huh. things are actually changing for everybody in the game all the time based on every player's interaction. So like there uh-huh. are like wars and like systems like change hands like like star systems do like who's in control of them based on like the outcomes yeah. of these wars and stuff like that. It's so you could very easily cool. like yeah, have like a cinematic thing happen. I, I guess World of Warcraft, they had some shitty movies maybe. Mm. Well, yeah, so this is I guess to clarify, like I'm not, I'm not thinking about like. Well, I, was, I was trying to think of you know World of Warcraft. They have a lot of stuff where like the whole universe changes based on the characters. I never played it, so mm-hmm. I don't know that much. But um, yeah, this wouldn't be like in a movie adaptation. It would be a complement to the actual game. I think right, that's be, what I mean, though. Cool. But it could be like um, 
this thing happens and it actually is happening in game. So like, yeah, it's being, you can watch it in a cinematic form, like a cutscene mm-hmm. form, but it's mm-hmm. actually going on. Like you could go to the place in the game where it was all happening. Like that would be yeah. really cool. I think that would be, it's almost like it's being captured live from the game, but it's just being shown in this more cinematic way or taking an event that just happened in the game and making a movie out of it or, you know, like, Making yeah. a show out of it because that would yeah. Be imagine easy. that you know they do this with like comedy with SNL where it's you know it's live and it's improv, but imagine you had a, a basically a whole writers' room and they had to create a show out of what happened in the game universe. So they used the the players' actions as like a stimulus, mm-hmm. and then they created a story out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny as I'm saying this, I'm just realizing maybe I'm describing Dungeon and Dragons because <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I was playing that last night, and um, <clears throat> to get off on a little bit of a tangent, um, I had never played D and D before. It sounded like one bridge too far in terms of nerd stuff. <laughs> um, I was just like, man, like there's nerds, and then there's D and D nerds. Like that's just like way too. Uh, <laughs> way too far um but anyway the uh the the guy that i was talking to well uh, mike who was on this show before um he plays it a lot and he was telling me uh, what it was really and his definition was kind of like collaborative storytelling mm-hmm. and that really hooked me um and he's talking about how you know so the the dm the, the dungeon master kind of like sets the scene but as events unfold you have like what your character decides to do combined with roll of the dice and the roll of the dice is basically what computer games are already doing behind the scenes, you know? Um, If you're playing a Zelda game and you open up a a reward chest or whatever, maybe that's randomized by the computer. So uh, anyway, all that put together, it's basically you get kind of what you have in a computer game, but in a human human interaction and, um, but there's a lot more storytelling and the story has to weave and change as the characters interact with it. And, um, we just finished this game that we played for a whole year. Um, Mike and my other friends, Nick and Xander is the guy who was the dungeon master mm-hmm. and it was so fun. Um, and we, uh, I love it now. So I think maybe I would be game for doing it again, but we had a little kind of uh, debrief where we talked about the story and the narrative and where we thought it was going to go and all that stuff. And um, Xander shared about how he uh, had a story in mind. You know, I won't go into the details now, but uh, he had a certain story in mind. And then very quickly, the stuff that our characters chose to do in this world shifted that story and he kind of had to go on the fly. So all that to say, imagine if you had like Disney or Netflix, a well-funded room of like 10 super great TV writers, like sci-fi writers combined with a game studio. And they just kind of like, all right, here's a debrief of what happened in elite this week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, write a script and we'll air it next week. So maybe it's like every other week or something. Yeah. I mean, I think that could be really cool. Um, and in fact, they have things in the game called community goals where it's like most of the people in the game are trying to work towards some, common goal um in the game so like that could also be something that was like influenced or part of this uh part of the like the -hmm. cinematic part is like how these community goals are achieved or whatever like there's like some event that happens in the game but it's also told in this like yeah this cinematic Uh. way that's but like everyone is trying to work on it because it's like you get special bonuses for being a part of it or i don't know like yeah it'd be cool yeah. Immersion. Huh, I wonder why no one's done this. <laughs> it's probably much harder than we're making out. They can't even do cross-platform play, Rob. <laughs> so, <laughs> or they can. They just uh, they want to make that money. That's true. I don't know. That's true. Who knows? Anyway, watch some more Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear what you think of the conclusion of Discovery. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get into those other seasons... Yeah, you're in for a ride. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch uh, all of it. I, I, I'm way under educated about Star Trek. I'm learning, so I'm 
I'm gonna learn. Yeah, I know, I know way more about Star Wars, so I'm I'm excited to get into right, Star right, Trek. Right. So yeah, and I mean, you don't have to be an expert. I don't know everything about the Star Trek lore. I just watch it for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's this new one, Star uh, Star Trek Picard. Yep. Um, which was great, and people could pick it up if you're listening now and you're not a Star Trek person. You technically could, but um. There's so much nostalgia baked into it yeah. because there's a return of a lot of old characters. Uh, you won't miss anything, but I, I feel like it would be best if you went back and you watched Next Generation just so that way you can build up that attachment and it's all the more exciting when you come to Picard after seeing Next Generation. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, I mean, I only watched a little bit of Next Generation, like I said, when I was little, but I could. the nostalgia definitely hit me because I've seen Picard as well. Yeah, so. yeah um yeah so exciting we'll see it'll probably take me a couple weeks to get through it it's like 15 episodes or something and we only watch maybe like one or two a night so (laughs) yeah that's that's fine yeah (laughs) all right rob all right until next time um maybe we'll maybe uh we'll find a little topic to dig into and i don't know people need to, to send us a tweet or or something Write us some mail. Uh, <laughs> would like to hear from anyone who's listening, all 10 of you. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, if stuff is boring, then let us know. If there's something you want us to do, then let us know. Um, I, uh, yeah, I aim to please, sort of. I'm pretty lazy, but it'd be good to hear from people. <laughs> yeah we can't think up a good enough show uh form on our own so we need you <laughs> we need to know what the people yeah. want exactly yeah yeah all right all right take well, it easy Rob. have a good one until next time talk to you later bye bye